Hello, welcome to Life Pour Me A Double, here we speak about all things life. Whether it be the stresses or the joys, we're here to discuss it all. I'm Lewis Ralphs, aka It's Lewis Ralphs. And I'm Gareth Degden, aka Two Ability for Cosplay, you can find all of our socials in the link below. Today we have on a guest who is, is quite big on TikTok, you'll have seen him about. It's Konzo. Konzo, why don't you tell us a wee bit about yourself? Oh, hello. Okay, I'm going to, uh, this is that my time to jump in. Um, yeah, my name is Konzo. Uh, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, also showed my balls on national television, which was fun. Um, I originally <laughs> started uh, the internet because I was a sex worker, or still am a sex worker. Uh, and I used that money to fund my animal sanctuary that I've started in Fife. Uh, so that's my whole stick and kabeel or whatever the the saying is you show wait you show balls on national tv yeah this is why i asked like do you know like what i've done i was uh, on uh, attraction oh wait, yeah um, right i didn't know right that's one thing i didn't know <laughs> um, yeah i've been on uh how was that for yeah. you it was cold i was nervous uh i'm starting to make excuses now but uh <laughs> i've also been on uh, a few radio shows bbc scotland or something like that to advocate for sex workers rights hmm. uh and i was also on uh channel fours what do you call it um dating a sex worker it was a, it was a small little thing i was on oh. their instagram my face was right there it was nice oh brilliant not <laughs> christ sorry that life that... but someone's gotta live it oh definitely listen the weirdest life of the best life i always say there's <laughs> no such thing as normal um yeah you know it's uh, but at that, Naked Attraction, my friend actually signed me up to Naked Attraction once. Just like, he didn't tell me he was doing it. He signed me up. I got an email through, so confused. And then about two weeks later, he started asking me, have you had any emails through? And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, hold on. <laughs> but, yeah, Naked Attraction is actually really tricky. I didn't know I was signing up for it when I was signing up for it because they posted in my university page. It was like overheard hmm. in your town, which is used by the university and students hmm. and whatnot. And they're like, who wants to try a new dating show where you yeah. got to be really brave? And I was like, I'm single. I might as well. Uh, an hour into the phone call, they're like, have you ever heard of Naked Attraction? I said, no. A couple months later, everyone saw my penis. Oh, well, <laughs> there, there we go. Jeez. Um, oh, Christ. Um, and so... <laughs> As you say, you're a sex worker, so you do OnlyFans, if, yep, if I'm yep, right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I take it that's doing quite well if you've opened up your own like animal sanctuary. It does all right. Um, you know, the some months are better than other months. Uh, mm. The sanctuary has a lot of expenditures, even though we're just getting started. Um, so there, it covers that. Plus, we're able to save enough. But if you ever looked at the price of a barn, they're like seventy thousand pounds. It's oh. going to take a lot. Um, yeah. Even planning permission alone, just to be able to build the barn, is going to cost. Uh, I think close to ten thousand. You know, installing electricity. That's going to be another. I think another 10,000. So I've not made nearly enough, but I'm going to keep going. Yeah, it's just that persevering and getting through. Oh, definitely. Yeah. A little, so, little so bit by little bit. Talking about obviously OnlyFans, like I, I've kind of, I've not never done it, anything like that, but obviously I've got a couple of mates that have done it or, or for certain reason, anything like that. But, but how does it work? Like obviously people can obviously subscribe to your page and they get exclusive content and things like that, but you can do extras, can't you? Yeah, so think of OnlyFans as kind of like a subscription service behind a paywall like a Netflix, uh, or actually better, Amazon Prime would be a better way to go. So you have your initial selection, which is like your Instagram wall. Uh, as soon as you pay, you get to see all that, all the content there, and you get to directly message the people. Uh, some people like to send out 
extra films or mm. you can request extra stuff and those are called pvvs uh or pay-per-view yep. um and that way you know you kind of kind of have like a, a build your own porn like your make your own adventure kind of thing or you know if they send out something that they don't usually do you can pay a little extra to get that um i, I tend to stay away from that because my price is like 12 quid which is a lot of money nowadays mm. yeah um, <laughs> you think actually you think about it like three years ago someone would buy feet picks for a couple hundred quid now they're like <laughs> ah Twelve twelve dollars to see your butthole nine hundred oh. times? No, thank you. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! See, for OnlyFans has always been a like a very since it came out has been a very I think niche is the word like concept for a lot of people. Like it's become over the past few years, it's I feel it's become a like a very big thing considering like how restricted the world's view on sex work has been. So if you're an advert for gather advocate for that, you've obviously like you're one of the many voices that done well for it. Like, um but Yeah, well when you think about sex work, sex work being such an umbrella term from like in person and in uh, in person services to, you know, they have dancers, they have uh, cam, they have everything. It kind of falls under the umbrella of sex work. Uh, mm. What I think OnlyFans has done a really great job of is taking the idea of sex work to someone working the street and, you know, having this like really heavily stigmatized version to, you know, the person that you went to math with, to, you know, your neighbor, to everyone really, your your favorite content creators. They're all now classified as sex works sex mm. workers. Even if they don't see themselves as that, that's what they are. Um, and I think as as it goes, the more shoulders that carry the stigma, the less heavy it will be for all of us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you got I anything do feel like it's kind of, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like now it's kind of a go-to. You know what I mean? You, you can look at some of the pop creators or um, YouTubers or whatever it may be, and and some of them go in there and obviously earn hundreds of thousands in in one day there was that i can't remember the name of that that woman who went on it she literally was on it for 24 hours and she earned like nearly a million dollars or something is that not bella thorne one day Ooh, bella thorne the creator of porn oh we so there's a there's a lot of uh there's a problem with this in the sex work industry people especially celebrities coming in making all this money but not also accepting the title of sex worker because they have so many followers they will never be uh, affected by the stigma yeah um, and they will come in and they will do the bare minimum they're like okay here's me in a bikini which is fine but they're charging people bella thorne is the reason that you know we cannot accept tips over 100 100 quid now mm. uh, it used to be you could tip whatever you wanted but now they've limited that because so many people are doing um refunds because they paid for something that was falsely advertised from her then you know they they all got their money back um what you you think that because sex work is a little bit more mainstream and all these celebrities are doing it's still incredibly um it's it's still stigmatized they're still discriminated against uh through lawmaking through this thing called the nordic model which i i fiercely fight the every chance that i get mm. or through celebrities coming and trying to take advantage of the community while giving nothing back to it mm. All right, it's, it was like, so you had, for me, I, I understand what you mean by Bella Thorne with that, with uh, going on and making all that money. And there was another one, um, it's a bad baby, I think catch she goes by. Yeah, yeah catch, catch me outside. Yeah, I, I would like to say that she started on her 18th birthday and uploaded so much content that none of that could have been taken on that day. So technically, yeah. people are purchasing things that were taken when she was 17. Yeah. And 
that that is something that we should have caught out. And I think a lot of mm. sex workers they call that out, but people are still mm. buying it. Yeah. Oh well, definitely. Well, keep up the good work then, because I know for a lot of people, like um, it's there's. I mean, there's uh, Rebecca Goodwin. She's like she started out on TikTok and then started doing OnlyFans and all that. But she's literally worked her way up to work with some genuine porn actors like Danny Dean, things like that. And she's made and she done it all just so she had a way to support her kids and get a house for them. No, that was her goal, and she reached it. Like, and she's done really well with it. So I, if yeah, she's, you know, she's done very well, and but she's kind of had to drag her way there through mm. the misogyny, the sexism, the the social and religious rigotry of how people react to it. And the weirdest thing is I get none of that. I do really well on social media and platforms and all I get is hype when I talk about this mm. stuff. But, you know, my my feminine presenting people across the aisle for me are, they breathe and someone's like, fatherless. Bitch, I've not had a father my entire life. No one's ever called me fatherless. All my yeah, behavior is fatherless. <laughs> I get that, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> no, but... Um, no, definitely. Like, I mean, for that, you, I'd, watching your content and the, well, the the one time I have met you in real life, I'd say you are a very wholesome person. So I think it's a good thing that you don't get any of that. Like, oh, I'd cry. Grief. <laughs> I'd break down. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I've I was gutting myself laughing, but because uh, like, so I'd met Conzo uh, while I was at TwitchCon, but it was after TwitchCon had finished. Um, him and another content it, creator, uh, Chance, a co- Chance, a cosplay, was so, so having is, some tea. So to interrupt. Oh, is this when you were fangirling? Yes, we bet. Shut up, right? <laughs> um, no, uh, they were sitting having some tea, and I'd I'd noticed them, and I wanted a photo, and I went over and I asked for a photo, and Conzo had actually followed me back on Instagram after that and <laughs> sent me a message saying, "Sorry, I have no concept of personal space," because he came and gave me a hug <laughs> for that, which was I, I, I loved that. It was great. <laughs> I think I also started out the the thing like, oh yeah, I'll hold the camera. <laughs> like I was yeah, gonna take the that photo. Was that, yeah, <laughs> but no, I meant like with both of these. It's still, I don't get me wrong. I like I, I knew you were at TwitchCon while I was there. I like I keep up to date with your content, so I was hoping to run into these. But like I, I kind shut up. I kind of uh, gave up on it, and then we were walking. We'd uh, we went to a bar. And then we'd walked over, and I'll tell I we'd went to the red light district, just take a walk down it and see it. Like, because we were only there for the two days, and I took my wee brother for his 19th birthday. And we're like, right, well, it's, it's a site we've got to go and see. So we walked down that, and then we just continued walking, and that's when we walked past Jews, because the red light district's only f- a five minute walk for there. <laughs> from was, there that. Was, there a hand, was there a hand that popped up behind you? Oh. <laughs> That would be the brother who's 19th birthday. Oh my god, scared the fucking shit out of me. I was like, what in the conjuring is happening here? Yeah. So when you you say you took your brother down the red light district, obviously on his birthday, you just kind of went window shopping or... No, it's it's just there's sites that you've got to go and see and walking down the red light district, it's, it's... it's just, it's one thing that Amsterdam's very big for, like it's very, very famous for. So it's a site that you want to go and see, like what the atmosphere is actually like, you know. But it's not at all what I was expecting it to be. Like when you hear red light district, you fully expect to like just to be this street, lots of red lights everywhere, like frilled fucking curtains in the windows. But it wasn't at all. It was a 
giant lovely street and i just my wasn't... favorite thing my favorite thing about the red light district is that if you ever see like a group of men and their their facados like yeah we're gonna go get some bitches blah 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 um and then they enter the red light district and you can kind of see their personalities change to more quiet demeanor because they're mm -hmm. not used to people flaunting their sexuality in front of them or even yeah. like wanting them like being the more of the yeah come here we can have sex like if you have money yeah. this is how this this works mm. and suddenly they get really shy like no i can never uh it makes me think like people only want you know what they have to chase and once mm. they don't have to get it or try to swindle it out of somebody they they get really like i don't know how to interact in this situation yeah and it I get what you mean by that. It's the bravado sort of comes out in people before they go for it, and then as soon as they do go for it, they just the, the entire demeanor just changes. It's and I think that's a good, that's a good thing for like uh, I think that's became a big thing with things like OnlyFans and that as well. Is because at first you you were forever seeing like the creeps come out with it, but then see like I've got I've got content creator friends that do OnlyFans, and whenever I've discussed it with them, they've said that it's first it started out like that for them but then people turned a lot more respectful and um like just what's the word i'm looking for here um i'm going to just stick with respectful yeah. they start to mind their p's and q's once they realize yeah. like they do not have any control here the content creator controls who accesses their their content where the content what they post uh, and how they interact with people. Like, you mm -hmm. have no say here. If you do something, they're going to put you on blast or they're going to block you. That is, that's about it. Um, I, I've actually helped people kind of understand how to get, like, more viral videos when they're, you know, feminine-presenting people making videos. I let them know that, like, and this is kind of a sad reality of it all. If you give people something they think that you did not mean to give them, something they think that they took without you presenting it, then they will one save the video. They will pause. They'll they'll try to see it again. They will comment like they've they've won something. Mm. Um, my friend Skitty Kitty did this, uh, and she's she's mastered this kind of thing, where she wore nude color underwear and a short skirt, and she kind of leaned over something. And everyone's like, "Oh, we saw it. We saw it." Like you could see it if you pay money. Like there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but they were freaking out because they think they got something that she was not willing to give, and mm. I think that's a lot. How that's how we've kind of been taught to interact with people when it comes to sexuality, you're looking to get something from somebody and they do not know how to handle it. When someone's like, yeah, I'll give this to you with the red light district. It, it becomes very, it messes up the dynamic. Yeah. No, definitely. I feel like you get that from experience, obviously not from that experience, but obviously being in Thailand, um, Thailand's very similar where, you know, like you, you go around in the daytime and it's just like casual bars and things like that. And like, I remember the first time being in um, Thailand and we were sat there in a normal bar. First time, they had the football on in the background. I think it was like the FA Cup final. So I'm like watching away. Half time comes on, music pops up. And all these girls come out of nowhere on the bar and start dancing and stuff. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then I thought, oh, half time will go and then it'll be like football's back on. But it's not. It's like... This is this is the show now. You can mm. they're in your face. You know what I mean. I'll pay for me. I'll come with you. I'll do this and I'll do that. And you're like, ah, huh? what? Yeah. Mm. We we we've never been shown how to interact with someone else pursuing us because we're told as men we are the pursuers. We must get. We it's a, it's a conquest mm. for us to conquer kind of thing. No. And when some, 
like I felt it too. I was working at a club and these three older ladies came up and they were, you know, I was cornered. They're touching me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And like, I, I just turtled up. Um, it's not a situation that we're usually in. Yeah. Um, so it, it does, it does cause this, the sign of, you know, um, uh, just like this, whoa feeling. Mm. And I think we have to go through that as well to understand the pressure that we can put when we are too forward or aggressive when yeah. coming on to people us entering entering a conversation can feel like that to people mm. we you know at that nervousness you feel so that's why i've actually started entering conversations with people like hello i'm here to flirt with you is that okay i give them the <laughs> out really quick if this isn't okay then just say no it's like okay thank you very much and then i leave and nice. it's, it's really it's changed everything tell you the truth it's been the best approach Oh, right. Well, I'm going to have to give that a bash then because my approach is terrible. I don't know how to talk to people. <laughs> so, yep. um, it's just, I think it, one, it shows that one, you care about consent enough so that you've offered, you've asked for their consent right away. Two, you are very direct in what you're pursuing. You're not playing around. You're not trying to do these stupid mind games. And, and three, you know, it, it gives them the control of the conversation. Yeah. You now say no. That's the answer I was looking for a yes or a no or this or that. Um, and then that just it feels it feels better in my my opinion. Mm. I feel I feel like it shows a lot of confidence. You know what I mean? For you to walk over to someone and be like, "I'm here to flirt with you." You know what I mean? Some girls really enjoy someone who is confident in that, and I, I feel that can also go in potentially a good way. Then obviously going over drunk, trying to chat all this nonsense, and yeah. You don't know where you stand to where, yeah. where I say if you're up straightforward, you know where you stand. Yeah, especially because a lot of people have really negative um, experiences when it's at the club of them being stuck in a conversation with someone who, one, is overpowering and is intimidating. Uh, them slightly trying to say no, them trying to step away, making excuses to them being argued with with that excuse, to them saying no, to that being argued with. Um and I just, I think it's a very traumatic event and it's a traumatic event that we just expect them to go over and over and over again every time they go out. And we're like, this is the norm. Uh, so I'd like to change it to where we no longer trap people in conversations and we give our intentions really quickly. That mm. way it's not so weird. Yeah, well, I feel we, I feel that we are on the right track for it anyway. Because I feel like with like things like OnlyFans, TikTok and all that, people are a lot becoming a lot more open and forward towards each other because like, COVID sort of drove us into doing that with social media. It's People are a lot used to be very scared to get on camera and that, but then it was the only form of social interaction we have had over the past couple of years, and then it has sort of developed from there onwards. But uh, no, I get, I get what you mean about the... Uh, being respectful part and a lot more confident towards people in, like in real life it's yeah i think tiktok has done a beautiful thing of like giving people a voice to really speak of their experience and that to be amplified to a million people there's mm. not many other social media aspects out there that someone could talk about something that's happened to them and it could be seen by a million people instagram no you post a photo your friends see it facebook if it goes viral that's a bunch of boomers you don't want it like <laughs> i think this is the best way for us to, to share our experiences and kind of empathize with each other and there's two options you can take you can take that as an insult towards yourself when someone speaks of their experience or you can try to see it through their their lens and i think people who look like me will sometimes not understand that the world can look a bit different Mm. Uh, they're like, what What do you mean? Just say no and everyone respects you when you say no. Like, no, that's not everyone's experience. You know what I mean? Mm. 
definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to move into a few wee questions here. So, first one is, what made you start out on social media? Ooh, uh, that's, that's a good one. I was the vice chairman of a animal a horse rehabilitation center, and they were very small. They were mismanaging their funds. Um, so when I got to the position of vice chairman, they were losing about 1500 per month. Um, and when that happened, I was in university. I was the president of Muay Thai. I was on the sports committee. Uh, I was working two jobs. There wasn't a lot of time for me to really invest in the grants were going to take too long. I just, I, I didn't have a lot of time. Uh, and so I said, I have an ass. And I said, I'll put that on the internet. I have no moral qualms against that. But to do that, you do need a social media presence. <laughs> OnlyFans does not market it for you. Um, so yeah, I, I did it to kind of save this charity that I was in. And I was able to get them the money they needed. Uh, but unfortunately, I had to resign due to moral issues. Uh, all right. Well, I think I'm not gonna lie. I think that is one of the best reasons I've ever heard for being on social media. Um, so one of those things but, is like if if you have something that you are morally responsible for, and to do to to fix it, you have to do something that you don't see as morally a bad mm -hmm. thing. Then to not do it is the immoral thing. And I yeah. think that's how I got started in sex work. And I didn't even question it. I was like, yeah, this is the thing to do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like. Uh, no, you make me feel bad about why I started. I just started because I was bored in the house. <laughs> yeah, why, why aren't you saving people? Come on, oh, use no. your power. <laughs> you know what? I really should. I've been, I've been looking and for the, for the longest time. I've been looking into doing like I've never done much charity work, um, but I've been looking into doing like white collar boxing with Glas uh, in Glasgow and that, and doing things like that for like cancer research, things like that. But just never found the time and it's something i've been looking at for ages and i'm dying to start like i watched the boxing the other night um the joshua fight and i was steaming drunk walking home and i just found myself signing up to white collar boxing <laughs> i was like well you know what drunk drunk's the time to do it that's when i'm at my most confident somehow <laughs> Do you know you don't need to make no any lot. big you don't need to make any big uh, gestures or anything like that. Just being yourself and speaking openly and mm. trying to be a good role model for these young men is the best thing you can do with your social media platform because there's a lot of people out there who are trying to lead them in not the best. What the fuck are you doing, Cat? Uh, not the best, <laughs> the best situation. You know what? When you talk about white collar boxing, I literally know a lie. Obviously, trained all the way through it, signed up, and literally, no word of a lie, I was due my weigh-in. So, when you do white-collar boxing, yeah. you're weighing on the Thursday, you're fighting on the Saturday. So, when you're going to weigh-in on Thursday, you find out you're fighting the else. Literally, it was that day, March the 23rd, when lockdown hit. It was literally the day, or the day before. It was the day after lockdown hit. The day after lockdown hit, I was meant to find out who I was fighting, um, weigh in, and I was meant to fight that Saturday. I bought ringside tickets. I raised quite a lot of money, um, and even to this day, they're still messaging me, going, "When can we get you in?" Like, obviously, when can we register? Is anywhere near you locally? Because I said, obviously, I moved away. They're like, anywhere near you locally that you can do it. So I'm definitely gonna get back into it. I think and do mm -hmm. it because, like I say, I, I sold tickets, I raised money, so I need to kind of do yeah. it. But yeah, that's some some I did, but I was gutted. Yeah. Six weeks of training, coming up to that, and then all of a sudden lockdown done. Yeah, no, I, like I, 
I'm forever seeing people on TikTok do stuff for charities and all that. A friend of mine, uh, Ailes, uh, her name's Ailes, uh, Official. She was our last guest on. She was actually with me when I met you. <laughs> she has just cut her hair and gave it uh, for charity and sold it off to... I can't remember the name of the charity, but it's to make for wigs with children with cancer and all that. And it's, she's not cut her hair since like 2014. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's it's a lot of hair, but like she was sitting there going on to this, going on about it to me. And I'm sitting there just like, ah, well, there's, there's one charity thing I definitely can't do. What am I going to do? Cut off yeah. my chest there? <laughs> but you're like, I could use some hair, please. A little bit of a shakeover. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, well, I was very funny about that. I was thinking about doing the old uh, Brave the Shave. The what? You know what I mean? Where they literally, it's like Brave the Shave or something it's called. It's like you raise money for charity and it would be the case of me looking like you, mate. Shaving my whole hair off. Mm. My uh, mum was egging me on to do it and I'm like, I'm going to think about this. Like, this is my pride and joy. A little ginger locks, but uh, I think I might have to do it. Oh, if I wasn't 30, I'd join you, but this is my last couple of years with hair. Let me have it. Dude, I'm, <laughs> I've been bald since I was 18. Oh, my God. That's yeah. Well, no, the thing, so don't get me wrong. My hair, my hair's very thin. I shave my head just because I end up, if I don't, I end up looking like Count Dracula. Like, with a big, Smart. yeah. Nah, so do, you have, I just, do you have, like, a massive receding hairline? Oh, I've got a huge receding hairline, Lewis. If you'd seen me but. Uh, like two years before I met you, my God, it would be a different story. But it's still getting my hair started to thin because I dyed it a lot. Like I used, I know my my, my name's too baldy for cosplay, but I used to cosplay quite a lot. Like I done the Joker, so I dyed my whole hair green, and like it's on my Instagram and that. But it's like the whole head of hair's green. It's been I've had it blonde, blue, and it's just it's dyed. I've dyed it that much that it's just real like burnt and dyed. So like no, time to take it all off. But then I was playing now and hate wearing wigs. It's too itchy. <laughs> um, but I, so, Conzo, we touched a wee bit there on you know, why you started out, but why is it you think people enjoy your content? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. Um, I ask myself <laughs> that question every day. Um, I'm pretty sure they don't. It's just like a big joke on me. Like everyone's just like, haha, pranks um, at some point. But I'll, I've, I've yet to figure it out. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. No. Yeah. For me, <laughs> I, for me, as I said, I think you're very wholesome with what you do. You put out your like your views. Your like, you're just a real person that's putting herself out there, and I think that's what people actually do enjoy. Because you don't get much of that on TikTok. Like you do get some people that are forward and give out like their actual lives, what they're doing with themselves and that. But then you've got like pricks like me that dress up. Yeah, that too. But I um. Fair enough. I, th- yeah. I think what people usually say is that they, I feel relatable or um, that I think the main thing is that I'm not afraid to be in a bad place or I'm not afraid to speak on what's happened to me. Like as a child, I was you know, sexually abused for many years of my life um, and people relate to that. They've gone through the similar kinds of trauma. Yeah. I deal with, with body images to where, you know, you know, I struggle with an eating disorder. Like this is things that people they relate to in their lives. And I think with social media being this big ball of positivity all the time, it's really hard to feel like you're doing something right because look how amazing everyone's doing. Look how much fun they're doing. Look how successful they are. Why am I so fucked up? 
Um, and sometimes it's good to see people where you're like, oh, this person's doing well. Oh, wait, they're also fucked up. And it's like, it's just, it's nice to relate. Um, so I think that might be what people like is that I'm just, I am me and no matter what sense you see me. Um, and so it just feels more human, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The same person on camera as a Haji Adolf. I just, I'm weird or off camera to tell you the truth. Bad <laughs> <laughs> um, enough. I like that. You know what I mean? And like you say, a lot of people some people are like a shy to or nervous or like to obviously talk about what's happened in their past or to talk about what's going on in their life right now like you you get scared to mention anything just in case you feel like no one else is going for the same or no one else will believe you or whatever is whatever it is i feel like with tiktok uh, mainly tiktok as well because you can just do short small clips I feel like that has made a lot of people talk more about what's going on because there's so many people on there that is telling their own story and they can relate to. And, and I just feel like it's literally changed the way a lot of people are yeah. just through. And I just through people telling their story, telling their side. And you're not alone. You know what I mean? There is multiple people out there going through the exact same thing and people will talk about it. And I think that's what's so important about people talking about, it, especially people who are seen as like this hyper masculine, you know, I'm, I'm buff with tattoos, like, and I speak about this hurt that I feel that will allow someone who is maybe feeling that they can't speak about it because they feel would feel like less of a man to be like, no, wait, I can do that. Like they see me paint my nails. They're like, oh, wait, maybe I can express myself. Maybe a man doesn't have to be this rigid just the only emotion you can show is anger and you cannot ever be vulnerable because that is what caused to such a high rate of male suicide, that and the possession of firearms. But, you know, we'll go into that. Um, and I just, I, I, so we need to lead by example to be like, if I want you to be vulnerable as a man and I want you to speak to someone professionally, I need you to speak to your friends, I need you to be loving and kind and I need you to be open as a whole ass human, not just two emotions and the ability to work a job. That's not who you are as a person then we must, we must show it. We must be it. And it's hard sometimes, but it's important. Um, so obviously we've talked about, obviously, people kind of what got you into social media? Like, why do people kind of, you think people kind of follow your content? But now I want to talk about your most viral video. Oh. What oh, yeah. is your most viral video? Oh, this one, um, I think it's at 6 million views. So I, I, I'll regularly get a... A video that hits like a million two million views um but this video had about 6.1 um and it's it was a it was a build on of one video that i made that said sleeping with french people like when you sleep with french people they just take the piss the entire time like you're there sweating doing your best and they're just in there pretending they're on a roller coaster like we we um and the build off to that <laughs> And the build off to that is that I'm I'm dating a French person. She's married. She's in a, an open relationship. Um, and that's that's where I got the idea for the joke. But she grabs me by the collar and she marches me in front of the mirror and she's yelling at me in French. I'm learning French. And so we're communicating in French. And then she's like, tell them, tell them, you fucking liar. And I was like, French people don't pretend they're on a roller coaster when they have sex. Um, and then the next scene is she's sitting there and she's still speaking in French. And what she's saying is, why, why are you lying to everyone? Everyone knows you're a virgin. And I, I just said, that's mean. Um, and that got about six, six million views before I took it down. When a video gets a lot of views, take it down. That's my best advice. Christ. All right. Fair enough. I don't even think I've, I don't even, I think my mum, 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I don't actually think my, any of my videos have reached over 5,000 views. Like, I've t t TikTok's not a big... I don't use TikTok that much. I used to, like, do some cosplay stuff on it, like, but I fell away from it because I have no time, and I usually use it to promote my Twitch now, but, like, uh, our... When it comes I, to videos, make this the least amount of effort you can, the stupidest thing you can think of, make it quick, put it out, and then don't think about it, and before you know, that video will have 100,000 views. It's never the ones that you put in all this effort, and you're like, I hope this goes big. It's always the one you're just like... Hey, I bought matching sweatshirts for me and this person. Uh, here they are. They have dinosaurs. And then that is the video that'll hit a million views. Oh, fair. Well, that's, it, that's it, some so... so true. Like, like, you can spend hours up, like, planning a video and, and working it all out and going, right, I need to be here and I'll do this and I'll do that and do that. And then it'll literally flop. But you can literally go, oh, quick, yeah, we'll film that. Done. Yeah, put it up. Ten seconds. Mm -hmm. Done. It's on there. It can hit a thousand. It can hit a million. It can hit two million. We agree that I ten remember. seconds is a long time, right? Like that's a long time, I guess. Ten <laughs> <Yeah>. seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I need you on camera saying yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely. So I, I literally, no lie. I went. My mate's most viral video it like fifteen million views. We went to uh, Weatherspoons. Went to Weatherspoons. It was England oh, were in the Euros. We went to Weatherspoons just before. And he was oh, jump in this TikTok with me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem at all. And we literally filmed this TikTok within, like, seconds. And it was literally something like, um, it was like something along, um, I know I, I know an owl with a small penis or something like that. Um, and I just, I turned around and was like, I've seen Ooh. this video. And then I've seen this video. And he and it and he literally and I literally just laughed and stared at him. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, like that's all it was. Literally, first time it took seconds to make fifteen million. Yeah, views. it's because I think that the the small the smaller amount of time where with TikTok videos it's the least amount of time it gets it's easier to get more views of it because of people going through the for you page they will stop take a wee peek and then go through. Whereas if it's a longer video, it's They've got to get they've got to take that time to actually get into what their videos are actually about. So I think I with smaller videos then it's definitely a better shout for views. The only way to make a video that's longer is if it's a controversial opinion or something that people and I mean there's a lot of people out there that will rage farm views, so they'll say something really outlandish and people will react negatively, of course, because it's a stupid fucking just think anything that's ever come out of Andrew Tate's mouth. It's like this is fucking dumb. And then people react to it and people will duet and stitch to be like, Hey, this is dumb and that will bring your 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 fan base who thinks that's not dumb, the very few people that think that's not dumb will see that if it has a very wide net. So this thing will get a million views, it'll have like 500 likes, but you just got 500 new followers. You know, sure, a lot of hate, but 500 new followers. And you do yeah. that over and over, and that's how these people build these platforms uh, through rage farming. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I, why, what is rage farming, if you don't mind me asking? It's just, it's just say I come here and I say um, something super 
or misogynistic, something really sexist. I think there's one person right now who's doing it very well, who's saying, I don't let my wife have boundaries because as the man, I decide what boundaries are. Shat's her telling me what to do. And there's a lot of people who are enraged by this. So they're commenting, sure they're not liking, but they're, they're duetting, they're stitching. And eventually you'll find a little 12 year old who's not showered like all week. And, you know, he feels bad because, you know, 12 year olds are angry. Um, and he's like, yeah, I wouldn't let my wife have an opinion either. So, yes, you're finding your fan base of little 12 to 14 year olds. Um, but to do that, you need a large net. And also you need to ask yourself, why do I want to hang out with 14 year olds? That's mm. I think that's a question we should ask. him. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, I, I, I feel like obviously on that topic as well when you say about obviously rage things are, I feel now there's a lot of people that are going viral for drama. Mm. If you're causing drama, everyone wants to know about it. Everyone will follow you. Everyone will jump on your live, whatever it is. And, and you get this massive audience that actually don't like you as an individual, that just love watching drama. So they'll follow you just for the sake of drama. Yeah, it's like I said. It's yeah, like... I, I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's like I said in one of the recordings we done the, uh, last week, it's people are turning TikTok into a soap opera. They just want to watch all this drama unfold. And it's like, don't get me wrong, you get people that make this drama, but do it as a storyline kind of thing. Like, it's, it's an agreed beef just for views and comments and things like that. But it's... At, I hate that for TikTok. I just uh, it drives me insane. I'd ra I would personally rather watch someone that's you know talk about their real life things that's going on in their real life, their actual opinions on things, rather than just a, a, an augmented like reality beef. It's 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 a load of bullshit yeah, if you ask me. It's, it's what is this? It's emotionally farming people to engage, and that engagement will drive viewership. The more people that engage, the more for you pages it gets on, um, and the more that you're seen. It's just I don't think the emotional toll would ever be worth it. Mm. I I delete a video as soon as it gets popular, uh, unless it's like a really important message. Because the to have a video that goes really viral or into the millions, it starts to show up on the people you do not want to interact with. Sure, sometimes they should have to they should see your message, but at the same time the emotional toll of them interacting with you is not worth it. I hate it. I can't do it. Mm. No, definitely not. Um, it's when you start getting a lot of negativity and, and then you get people trying to message you. But thing is, as soon as you hit that level, and, and a lot of people say, do you know what? Like, as soon as you start getting hate, you know you're being successful or, or whatever it may be. I agree with that to a certain extent. But I also believe sometimes that sometimes that kind of negativity can put a down on it. You know what I mean? People see it in two ways. People see it as, yes, I'm being successful to a certain extent, but then sometimes people just go above boundaries and then it starts being more negative and you're like, hmm, maybe actually it's not worth the hype. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't have the the cognitive ability to be like, is this is this real engagement or am I just being me? Because you'll they, the comments I hate, I would... I love someone to be like, hey, this is my view on this, and this is why I think you're wrong. But what it turns out to be is like someone's like, haha, L, loser, clown face, kill yourself. And I'm just like, you're not engaging. You just, this is the only way you know how to engage, and this is how you think that you're winning this argument. It's like, no, you're just kind of being your normal idiot self. And 
but to get that yeah. a thousand times, you know, one of my videos I think has like 13,000 um, comments and like 98% of them are amazing, supportive, loving people agreeing with me. But that 2% to see that over and over and over again, you're just like, this is an emotional toll. I think the best part is though, or not the best part, but the, the reality we do have to face is that as a man, I do not, uh, no one has ever threatened to sexually assault me. No one has ever ex like tried to dox me, to find out where I live, to try to control what I say with fear, mostly because I'm usually bigger than them. And that's what, mm. that's the only thing they respect. But I've seen my, my very loving, caring, kind, successful, feminine presenting friends, or even, you know, just non-binary or, or anyone that's outside of what they perceive to be what should be they will go out of their way just like that uh the 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 woman who is a therapist the black woman who said pretty much the same thing i said in one of my videos and she lost her job because people were doxing her they're calling her work for what yeah that's uh, taking people's personal views for their social media and all that and then getting getting in contact and ruining their actual lives is it's it does happen all across the world. It's a big thing that does happen, and I hope to God that something happens where that's the, like it stops that. I don't know how in the world they're going to stop it, but hopefully they, they I obviously come up with some sort of plan. Without without going into too much detail on it, obviously a massive one across the TikTok TikTok platform was obviously the Smithy family. Mm. You know what I mean? That that they went through hell from making videos, having a laugh, having fun, and then people, jealousy or for whatever reason it was, kind of, yeah, started finding out where they were living, attacking the family, setting the, the car on fire, Yeah, they said, like, they, was it not their house that they set in fire at a point? The Smith so, family? No, they set their car on fire. Uh, so yeah, they set so they... Car on fire. And then it caught that exploding and caught fire to the house. Yeah. So the Smithy family's a fam it's a family based TikTok account. It's just going through their family, having a bit of laugh with their kids and all that. But it's they they set their car on fire. Uh, this this was the beginning of last year, if I'm right. Mm. Uh, uh, no, beginning of this year. Was it the beginning of this year? Christ, was that that close? I don't think it, it was. Like this year. Um, sure. Yeah, but honestly, the. the because I remember seeing it all over TikTok, just because they were, they had fr uh, friends and family and pe uh, people giving them donations through TikTok and things like that, just sort of help them back out. Um, but I guess we all that, what can be said is with all that controversy as well, it sort of brings out the, the more genuine side of TikTok as well, where you get that bunch of caring people. It shows you the, there is good in the world, at least. Well, and just yeah. you know, these assholes that that will try and ruin your lives because, as you say, Lewis, like jealousy or things like that. People that just just vile people, really. Um, but yeah, um, so we've touched on like TikTok a bit there, um, and like your views on it. Do you have like a favorite TikToker, streamer, anything like that, Conzo? Ooh, a favorite TikToker. Um, oh, yeah, it's actually a mutual of mine. Uh, her name's Reb. Uh, she's a lawyer, I think. Um, well, I, she is a lawyer. Let me try to get her actual um, her handle here. 
so it's Reb Mezel, so R-E-B-M-A-S-E-L. Uh, and let me tell you, the day I became friends with her, I was screaming. Uh, but I absolutely love her. She is funny as a motherfucker. She reads people to filth and just, she does the whole uh, court uh, documents. Like she reads the thing with the sunglasses on. Um, and they're like transcripts from the court. Uh, and those usually go pretty, pretty viral, but like all her videos, I just, she's such a joy to see. Um, and she's also advocating for more women to join the legal field. Um, because you know, it's, it's a huge accomplishment and it's just, I just, I, I'm super proud of her. I've never met her in my entire life. I have some, uh, parasocial relationships. I see her, I see her successes as my successes. I'm like, you go gal, we go gal. Um, but yeah, she's definitely my favorite TikToker. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. I, th I think I know who you're talking about. I think I've seen some of your stuff. Um, I'm, I'm going to show you one of her videos just to to see. Like, I think she probably has a pinned one here. Yeah, I've seen that. Yep, yep. I, I absolutely love her. Yeah, no, definitely. She puts out some great content. I've actually not seen her, so I'll definitely check it out. You're in for a treat. Oh, definitely. That's that's the I thing. I look forward to it. Yeah, no, that's I that's the thing as well. Like it's there's so much content out there now with TikTok and all that. Everyone has their own de like separate wee niches and like what they like, what they don't like, and all that. But I think that's a good thing that I speak about as well. Is the it's just people are interested in things they are. It's. I'm sorry, I'm terrible with words. I I, I don't English well. <laughs> no, uh, Scottish well either. Shut up. <laughs> um, people have their own likes, dislikes, but with TikTok, it's a case of your like the your for you page. My for you page is literally all over the place. Like I mainly love cosplay content, real life content, you know, comedy stuff. But then I will see a lot of. Uh, like you were saying there, the, the legal side side of doing things, try to bring people, like show people the aspects of certain careers and all that that don't have as like a big like advocate for it. Uh, oh. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. Uh, TikTok is this amazing place to experience different parts of life that you wouldn't normally. Uh, yes. experience like i would not learn about constitutional law on my normal day but i can pick up tidbits here i wouldn't learn about woodworking but i can pick up tidbits here i couldn't learn about emotional intelligence through someone that's had to face discrimination their entire life and has to you know control not control but experience and uh regulate their emotions a little bit better than i've ever mm -hmm. had to and it's just it's it is a learning pot but i do think tiktok like any kind of ai has a bias that tries to push people down this alt-right white supremacy rabbit hole. And I've seen it on my own feed. Like I, my views, you, you can easily tell what my views are. They're not conservative. Um, and yeah, I still get Andrew Tate videos. I still get these misogynist men, or I still get, um, these, these really weird, like almost Ben Shapiro-esque people. I'm just, no matter how many times I'm like, I'm not interested. Like, no, actually you should be interested by who you are. Um, and it's just, I think it's, you know, from liking anime videos, it's from liking cosplay. It's from, you know, maybe listening to that stupid story from Reddit with that stupid running man underneath it. Like we all get sucked into those videos and TikTok's like, Oh, so you like that? How about you learn to be racist? Like what, <laughs> what is going on? 
Yeah. No, it's my 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 forty you page right now for some reason is just constantly filled with uh, you know what you know Darman like his videos like it's uh, it's like situational so it's 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 literally like they put them on YouTube they put them on TikTok you get people putting them onto TikTok in like five separate parts but it's videos that go against racism sexism sectarianism like all these. Uh, and it's they can be very hard hitting. Like there's there's one where it's uh, this it's a, a black man. He goes into the bank. He's in like just he's in like gym wear because he's just came for the gym, and he sits down with one of one of the bank tellers, and she gets security called in because she thinks she's cashing in a fake check for this big company who's the biggest client. Then it turns out that he's the CEO of the client. She ends up getting fired. How about this? Those really bad acting, like yeah, those, t- it's terrible, uh, a- terrible acting. But you know, work. I terrible acting, but I love them. It's because they always start like whenever they go into the story of like their background and all that. It's they always start out with the words you see, <laughs> and it's fucking <laughs> brilliant. I I love them. Like, you should it's... never fired me for taking the gay customers at the baker. Now I'm buying the shop that you used to have. Like I've seen. Yeah, them. I know. Exactly no, I I love them honestly, <laughs> and I think they a lot a lot of people do love them because as as bad as bad acting as it is, it does put across a better message of you know treat everyone equally. You know, it's nice to see a situation that plays out as we would hope it would. Yeah, um, the world is not always very fair. Uh, so sometimes, even if it is through bad acting, it's nice to get a win. No, definitely. I, I think that's something we don't realize through these social medias. I don't believe that through our emotional capacities, we should see the worst moment of someone's life, followed by extreme racism, sexism, a haha moment, followed by someone losing their job, followed by someone's great successes, and a rapidly cycle through this range of emotion um, in 15 seconds as we're swiping, I think it's so easy to get confused because our emotions are connected. There's no separate compartments for a lot of different things. They bleed into one. So I've said that, you know, your insecurities and your anxiety can sometimes express itself as rage. So how many other things bleed together and how many emotions are you feeling in this short span? I don't think it's the most healthy thing. Mm. No, definitely not. I, I agree with that. I, I agree, you know what I mean? And and we, we've discussed this before where actually uh, you are swiping through your For You page and like you say, you are going through the emotions of like a lot a lot for me now is obviously Andrew Tate and then it's going on to a podcast talking about, I'd, I, I literally scrolled through TikTok today for the first time in ages and it was like Andrew Tate saying his final message and, and then it was like um, podcasts where and they've got um El Brook on talking about Danny D's penis and and then you're scrolling through that and then they're talking something about love and then you flip through it and, it, and it's some comedy stuff and, and like I say while you're flicking through them and you're going through these mixed emotions you just keep scrolling through because you're like I'm intrigued to what's next so I'm like flick 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 and before I know it I'm half an hour forty minutes in of just scrolling through TikTok hitting every emotion I've got because I'm just like what's it's going exhausting. on. It's exhausting, mm, and I think people do need to limit their social media times. Like, as great as it is to have this level of connectivity, that with that comes the emotional burden of everyone. There, There is no way to distance yourself, you know, through seeing this person crying to this, that, and just, like, you feel that. If you are a human, you have empathy. You know what these emotions feel like, and you go through it. Um, I've, I've turned social media from social media into a tool for marketing because that's what I need to do for my job. 
but there are some days that I am stuck in the loop of of being sucked in. I'm closing an app to open an app to close an app to open an app to close an app. I am in this cycle. I am sucked into it, and it's not a healthy way to exist. Who decided this is how we should be for the rest of our lives? It's a bad decision. Mm. Definitely. And- Agree, and you're fine. I think no matter who you speak to on this, like especially with TikTok, I feel everyone gets sucked in. Every person that has the TikTok app gets sucked in. Oh, definitely. It, it is literally that's it, and that's social media as a whole. It sucks My... you in if it's YouTube, if it's being Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Everyone gets stuck, like sucked into some kind of app. My, my biggest fear, though, is the effect this is having on kids. Um, my, I have a few friends who are teachers who have had to, they are now putting in the curriculum how to combat misogyny in, from 12 to 16-year-olds because they're also on the same platforms we are, but mm-hmm. they are hyper-juiced on hormones and weird social situations and hierarchies and aggression and trying to figure out where they fit in life. And then you have some some person being like, oh, yeah, if you want to uh, to be have all the women you need to control them that's something that they're going to internalize and then make their entire fucking personality so as unhealthy it is for us as adults who've had experiences to base this off this is their whole experience this is their whole teaching no one teaches you how to be in a relationship no one teaches you how to interact with people it's geometry it's science it's math but not boundaries and consent and you know emotional languages and just how to be good um but then that's where they get their teachers from. And it's, I think it's, it's going to lead to a lot of violence in the future. Mm. I feel like obviously you, you get a lot and I hear it more and more every day um, where it's like, oh yeah, like me working in a hotel that I work in, um, I get all different kind of age groups coming in and, and kind of, we talk about life, we talk about different things going on. Um, but like some of the some of my team like that work there were like oh yeah like I got home last night and my kids are on iPads or my kids are on the phone or oh do you know what if kids are doing my head and I just give them a phone and just give them this to play on that to play on. Back when I was younger, my mum would be like get out of the house, go and play in the street, go play football, go do something. It wasn't here's a PlayStation or here's your phone or here's a tablet or here's wherever. It was get out the house. Yeah, get out the house, I, I... go and socialize. Yeah, I think it's because families had a little bit more time to be with their kids. Now with both parents working full time and the exhaustion that brings with that, if you have a screaming kid, you know, as soon as you get home, it's going to be very much like, how do I get you to comply rather than what is the best for you? Because they're existing day to day. Um, in the U.S., they have a huge problem with childcare not being free. Um and it is incredibly expensive. And so sometimes the iPad is the only childcare that these people can't afford. Um, and we're, we'll see the consequences of it. But I try not to blame the parents because I could not do it. I fucking could not. <laughs> Are you joking me? <laughs> no, definitely not. Like, like my, so I grew up, it was me, my brother, my sister, my mum, and my, 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 my stepdad. He, he only lives in the corner, but my mum and my dad both work full time. I went to college and that. So I, a lot of the time growing up, it was a case of, me looking after my brother and sister, making sure they are fed, making sure they're going to school on time, making their breakfast and all that. And it's, you don't, until you actually look after 
kids, you don't realise how hard it can be. I remember my mum coming home for work and there'll just be a big argument between the three of us because I've told them to do something, they won't go do it. And then I'm only their brother, I've not really got that authority to then push them into doing it. It's, it, Christ, I, honest, I used to give my mum such a hard time and then when you actually start to realise how hard a job she is doing, it, it sort of makes you look at things a lot differently. Yeah, I mean, if you had an iPad back then, you would have given him an iPad. Oh my um, god, you have no idea. <laughs> Christ, I nearly yeah. whipped up my old Nintendo 64 to give my brother. <laughs> 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 no, um, yep. def- I, I literally love just having my nieces for a few hours, filling them up on sweets and chocolate, and, and, and taking them out and then handing them back. I'm like, there you go, I've had my fun. There you go. Yeah, you've had you've had your fun, but you've gave them back to the you've gave them back to the parents full of sugar. (laughs) I I honestly believe it does take a village to raise a kid. It the the old idea of uh, a what a two unit. I don't know the there was a word for it at some point. A a class something. Uh, Having a a a mom and a dad or dad and dad or mom and mom. It doesn't work anymore. Um, Uh, The nuclear family. The nuclear family. Yeah, or any variation of the nuclear family where it's just two people it doesn't work anymore um i really do believe that you need to if i was to raise a kid it would be in a very communal setting um that way the two hours you have to really engage and help and explore you know what does that kid want to do do you want to go do this you want to do this what can we learn is divided between five six people then that's an entire day taken up and then they're asleep yeah oh definitely yeah um so we've we've asked you a few questions about TikTok and all that, but through social media and um through well through social media in your life, so over the past few years going through it, like through COVID, has has COVID affected your life in any way regarding like social media or that? Do you feel it's it's helped you put out more? Uh, like, what's your views on social media and COVID going? Like, uh, you know, effect on each other. Yeah, so I, I started social media during COVID, so I've not really known how to do it outside of that. Uh, I was in my last year of uni, um, so I was working on my dissertation. Uh, so my videos were mostly me sitting there, look in front of me, and be like, hey, da 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 da, post video, or me do a stupid video here, a stupid video there. Um, and my life has, has been consistently the same. My, my work for the charity right now is very much foundation building so it's mostly policy writing it's reaching out um i'm actually working on this really amazing project where we're going to be building uh communal gardens that can travel for uh traveling people i, I don't want to say the word because i'm not too sure if it's a slur i've just learned about all this um usually the, they live in the caravans and they travel from place to place um okay, i'm just did, gonna say did, the word did, you tell me if it's a slur. does it begin with a g yeah, is that a slur? <laughs> so Gypsy, no, it's not. It's not a. Sl- I wouldn't say it was a slur in any way. It's like um, it's like Ty- Tyson Fury. You call him the Gypsy King. So Gypsy's. Okay. I don't believe Gypsy is a slur. Um, I will, but but believe it or not, I will look it up after yeah. after this, and if it is, I will edit it out. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. But <laughs> so yeah, I I was just at a a community uh, breakfast with a bunch of different charities, and there was a charity that worked with Gyp- Gypsy Travelers. 
Uh, and so what we're going to do for them is we're going to build them communal gardens that can travel with the, the community so they can have a better sense of, you know, home and uh, relieving food poverty and, you know, just kind of like giving a better sense of community. Um, so a lot of that right now is writing policies and getting everything set up. So a lot of my stuff is is here. Nothing's changed for me the last mm. three years. I'm incredibly isolated, incredibly alone. I'm going crazy. Yeah. Where, whereabouts in America is it you're actually from, Conzo? Uh California. Oh, all right, fair enough. Um, so, like, God. did how was COVID for you being here, like, away from family and all that? Because, like, when COVID first hit, I was living in Spain, uh, like, away from my, uh, my family and all that, and it drove me fucking mental. Like, honestly, like, to the point, I, I moved away because I wasn't, like, I love my family, but it came to the point where I was, all my family lives very close-knit. Like, my gran lives around yeah. the corner from me. But it came a point where I, I just needed to get away from it all. And then I was living over there, just away from everybody, isolated from all my friends and all that. And it was just a case of, I, I couldn't do it. It fucking drove me insane. So how is it for you being over here during, well, while you were over here during COVID? Yeah, so uh, I left home when I was 17, and I've not really gone back. Um, I love my family very much, but it's a very small family. It's just my mom and my brothers. Um, and my mom worked multiple jobs as we were growing up because my father wasn't there. You have multiple. I have, I have five brothers. Um, so she provided, but she wasn't really there as much as, as people are. So I've never really had a, a big sense of family. Um, so I've been here for about six years, and I've gone home twice maybe. Uh, once was for because my great grandmother was going through dementia. She didn't have a lot of time. And the, the second time I went home was, uh, for the funeral. Um, that's, that's the last time I've been, it is hard. You, you do ask yourself, who would you be if you had that family support or if you had a family growing up kind of thing? Um, and it's, it's hard not to question what benefit or how you'd be with all that. But Fortunately, I've been training for this my entire life, so it doesn't really affect me too much. I've I've always been by myself, so this isn't really nothing new. Mm. Okay, doke. Yeah, um, as on that being alone, has your family came come over here at all, or is it kind of no, no? Because uh, yeah. as as a as a big travel cost, that is it not? Yeah. Plus, my yeah. mom doesn't have a passport. My brother came out here once with his uh, his wife and his his baby and stuff. So he was there for a little bit, but he's a Trump supporter. So it's always a bit awkward. Mm. Um, I love him to death, but at the same time, I should have murdered him when he was younger. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I can I can get that thing about Big family. Statement. I can get that thing about family having different views and all that. It's like so you you live in Scotland, you'll know a lot about like the sectarianism throughout Glasgow and things like that, which to be honest with you has died down quite a lot over the past few over the past few years. It's so most of my family are all Celtic fans, like Catholic, Celtic fans and all that. I myself am a Rangers fan. So I'm forever like the, the arguments that my, me and my family get into and all that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not one to look into all the sectarianism of it, but a lot of them are, and I just can't deal with that. And even at that, I've got uh, one of my cousins is a big Rangers fan, but he's very, like, Protestant, Orange Lodge, like, and he's the other left side of it. I And I'm I'm the one that's forever just caught in the middle, going, can't we all get along? Come on, to fuck. Like, it's... I actually, I sustain, I subscribe to the ideology of your political views is a dictation of your moral views. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I 
do not accept the, the emotional strain of someone who's gonna be bigotred, 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 bum, 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 bigotred. You know what I mean? Bigotred? No, that's not the word. Bigoted. There we go. Bigoted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I won't accept that. Uh, I I'll call it out when it happens, and if this is a continuous thing, I'll try to you know show you theirs or your way. And if it continues, then I will cut you off. I've I've not spoken to my big brother uh, in close to five years. He's very transphobic, very misogynistic. He projects his his issues out from himself to mm. others. And there's a lot of things that he, you know, he has been slighted. He has these insecurities, but he believes his insecurities are everyone else being out to get him. Um, so I've I've not had contact. I don't talk to him. I don't I don't do anything. Family is great, but until if it's not great, then what is it? Yeah. It's yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Definitely. It's it's the case of where you've got to, like, for me, a lot of the time I spend uh, my family's my my friends. Like, I've got a very close knit friends group. We grew up together. We have a lot. We have a lot of the same views. Some of them not so much. It's every everyone's got their own views. You know, you love, but it's you know, families thicker than blood. Is that the same? Uh, the blood of the co- or the uh, the water of the covenant is thicker than the the blood of the womb or the, oh, wait the blood of the covenant is thicker than, than the water of the womb. womb. That's the that's yeah. the one. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, so for a long for the longest time, my my family was my friends, like just because I can't deal with like I love my family, but I cannot deal with the some of the shit that comes out of their mouth. I just can't. So I try to steer away from it as much as I can. Because yeah, you've, everyone's got different views, but if life's too short to be sitting arguing about it, uh, for me, yeah, it's I, it's if if you can't get them to change their mind, I'm not going to sit and listen to it. I think there's there's different views, but I try to put it in like historical text, like as you know, my family is being transphobic. Would I accept them being racist fifty years ago, or openly calling for segregation fifty years ago? This is the civil rights of our time, and if you go against these civil rights now, it's a good chance you'd go against those civil rights in the past. Mm. So I have to—I cannot pretend to be a, an okay person and accept this at the same time. Like as awkward as it is to be like, "Hey, what you're saying is transphobic," or "What you're saying is homophobic," um, because I think they expect people to just go along with it. Yeah, it's needed. To even keep your own mentality of like, okay, I'm I'm sticking to my values. Uh, the slight bit of pushback, I've stuck to my values, and that's what keeps you going. Oh, definitely, definitely. Lewis, you you want to add? No, I just kind of <laughs> agree with obviously a lot has been said, um, and like like you say, obviously, same with me. Like obviously, family and things are like. I've I've kind of, kind of grown up with my mum um, and f- three brothers. You know what I mean. Um, haven't been really in contact with my. <laughs> so it's every time I look up, Conzo's putting that cat back onto the bed. <laughs> he is um, in my fucking face all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I never really grown up with my with, with a father figure. Like he's he's kind of never really had interest or never put any effort in. But when I look back and I can sit here and say I'm one of thirteen from my dad's side, it's kind of. You know what I mean? It, mm. it baffles me that if you can't look look after three that you've got that are one of your oldest, why have more? That that that's mm. my only thing with, with with it. You know what I mean? And and stuff like that regarding family, but hell, this, this is a it. 
Yeah, this is a big point of contention, you know, in my my idea of like what men have been taught, you know, growing up is we have seen it as we've been told it's perfectly natural or at least we've been shown it's perfectly natural to leave your family. There is no pushback. There's no shame in the community. You can exist as a normal human pretty much and no one's going to hold against you. But this, there's a double standard when it comes to a mother giving up a child for adoption or leaving mm. the family. Um and I, I usually use this as an argument against, um, you know, the pro-life or the forced birthers to be like a, a father can abort itself from the family at any time and no one bats an eye. So this isn't about the quality of life or the life itself. This is about control over the women. No, definitely. Um, and I've, I've had that view my entire life ever since my dad left. I'm like, why did he just get to fucking leave? And why are you stuck with this now? Like, what is going yeah. on? I am the burden, but I am not happy with this. <laughs> And, yeah. there's no, and, and there's no repercussions. It's just like you can walk away and yeah, I'm done. I'll go and do my own thing now. And oh no, definitely, definitely. Like, so so weird to see men hold up child support like it's the biggest burden they've ever had in their entire life. You know, it's a real burden having to care and nurture and look after a human. You the child support doesn't cover shit. It hinders possibilities. You know, a kid. Oh, I shouldn't say it. A child hinders possibilities, and it really restrains the the movement for the mother. Yeah, a guy's like, I had to pay ninety quid this month. Fuck. Like, is this is this all you think that goes into it? No, it's it's like don't get me my like so my I never I don't know my dad never met him. Uh, well, he came to the hospital when I was born, picked me up to see if I looked like him, and put me back down and walked out my life. Like so, my and we've had no my mum's had no contact with him since like nothing. So we never my mum had absolutely no help from any of that side of his family. I don't know any of his family or that. As far as my word, he's not actually in the country anymore. Like that's that's how far away he went to get away <laughs> like fucked off out, out of Scotland. But it's the good thing for me at least is as I say, my family's all very close knit, so there was support there. But all I've all I continually think is there's families there that don't have that sort of yeah, there's there's mothers there that don't have that like familial branch to then lean on to help with things there's there's so many struggling mothers and that out there that dads have fucked off and they're, they're left high and dry they're left with absolutely nothing they've got to put so much work in and it's 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 fucking horrible yeah Still i mean there are there are exceptions to because you know especially in the u.s there are over policed areas to where the fathers are brought to prisons for pretty much slave labor and there's no really no combating that now but there are a lot of situations where the men will leave and they believe that that's just the right thing to do and i think this is something that we're taught when it comes to the lack of empathy and how to show your emotions and like take ownership and not just do whatever you want you mm. have responsibilities to be a man is to be responsible in my eyes it's to put you know sometimes your community and others before your needs uh and that's probably my most toxic view of manhood is putting others before you mm. um and i think especially now at the rhetoric of like oh yeah just do whatever you want buy a Bugatti, fucking you know do this do this skip out on responsibility and it's just not the way we should be moving forward no definitely not um right so is there anything else you'd like to talk about on that no, I think I think regarding obviously family and and things I like say we spoke earlier where actually people don't know what people have gone through and 
and stuff like that. Like, like we've got three people sat here on this chat where actually they haven't had a father figure. You know what I mean? Like, mm. none of us have had a father figure. You know what I mean? We've all been through it where our mums have had two jobs, they've put food on the table, they've done this, they've done that. And to be fair, looking at it, they, they don't get the credit they deserve. That's the way no. I see it. It's... As soon as soon as that father walks out, I think that's it. I think every, every moment in the world who kind of takes that role should get credit. And I also think that you, you know you guys should give yourself credit as well to see the work that they put in as well. Because my older brother, uh, through some Facebook argument, told me that you know I, I knew that you were raised by a woman, but I didn't know that made you a bitch. Like he wasn't raised by the same mother. And I think so many men out there have the same experience as we do because eighty, I think, out of all single parents, eighty six percent of single parent households are by their mother. Mm -hmm. So with that thought process, you think that there wouldn't be any misogyny left in the fucking world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think people aren't able to empathize with that because of how society and the patriarchy tells young men they should believe, believe and should behave and how what their value should be. When in reality, we've all seen our mothers struggle. Like, why would we not want to, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. fight against a system that's unjust for them? No, definitely. I mean, the, the biggest thing for me growing up like without my dad and all that was like back in school when they used like and I'm talking primary school when they used to ask you, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? My answer was I want to be a dad. My my biggest thing in the world is being a father because that way I can then, you know, what I can one be there for kids, but also be there as far as a better role model than what's been shown before. You know, it's 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 that point where. There's so many people in the world that don't take responsibility. It then becomes your responsibility to be that role model, and so that's why I love programs that you get like um, the like the Big Brother program, like not the TV show. Like uh, I know America. I'm not sure if the UK does have it. I've seen it a few times in America where it's like struggling families. So it's you get someone coming in, uh, take the kid out, and like. Uh, just be a big brother to them, a bigger, a better role model. You know, show them a better. Here's the, here's the thing about social media, friend. You can be the best role model, and that can reach a huge audience. Mm. You can speak about how you would want to interact in the situations, or what it means to you to be a responsible adult, or maybe just some things that you wish you would have known growing up. The there's nothing stopping you in this day of age of social media. Mm. Um, and I think it would be the most amazing thing to see, especially for someone like us, you know, growing up without a dad. I would love to see somebody speak to me like, like father to son. I would, I would shed fucking tears. Oh, definitely. I... And do you know what, funny enough you say that, I've literally got a tattoo and it's probably my favorite tattoo. Unfortunately, we can't see it. <laughs> I know. You have to get a picture of it and put it up. Yeah. But it literally <laughs> says, let me be to someone else what no one was to me. Mm. And that for me just ring alarm bells in like that father figure that I've never had. So for me, I I honestly just can't wait to have that responsibility myself. Where I know from actually from experience, like, I'm getting a bit emotional from experience, like being there and just being that father figure I've never had. You know what I mean? When you need that dad talk and that little bit of advice and a little bit of when you run into your first girl problems and stuff, having that, like, growing up, when I've seen my mates do it, I think it's just kind of, yeah. So that is my yeah. best tattoo, and it literally says that.
I think mm. we could definitely practice these, these, you know, the things that would make us good fathers and good partners now. And a lot of that comes with self-care of keeping your, your, you know, your house tidy. It comes with taking care of yourself, you know, the personal hygiene, uh, these things that make a good human makes a good partner and a good partnership allows for the best father to kind of like, uh, appear from within you. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of us have this idea of, of being a dad is like sitting down for advice, you know, being there supporting. But a lot of it as well is also being that good partner. And it's just being being a whole ass person. Yeah. yeah. Being the best person you can be. You know, it, it's the, the person, a lot of people don't realize it, but the person you are today does have repercussions to like down the line in the future like to your grandkids and all that because if you raise a child in a certain way and they don't turn out as be like the best they could because of the way you've raised them then it's then put on the grandkids and kids after that and that that that's where your personal responsibility does come down to like and the, I'm, a, I'm a strong believer in you know what my actions at the end of the day i can affect anyone i'm a i'm a strong believer in the ripple effect um where like, and it's not even through social media. Like, I'm a strong believer in like somebody's decision is affected someone in some way, which then affects my day and how I then react throughout that day. And it's, you know, I'm a... Sorry, as I say, I'm terrible with words. <laughs> no, you started uh, a podcast. You fucked it. Yeah, no, I know. I fucking... Oh, that's, I, I start on a ramble and I just get lost in my own thought. <laughs> no, I... Uh, I believe that getting at your best every day, like let let your de your decisions influence everyone around you, and then everyone around them. So to think if that's just your day to day, you've got to be the best person you can throughout your life just to spur on the future. Because if no, we're fucked. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Jojo Rabbit, the the movie Jojo Rabbit? I don't believe I have. I haven't. No. Oh, it's it's such a good movie, but there's a scene where Jojo asks his mother, like, what are we going to do? And she says, we're going to do the best we can. And that's it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, well, speaking of doing the best we can, someone that oh, very has been very controversial and, and just an all-round fucking arsehole, I believe, across social media uh, is, I'm pretty sure he's actually just been banned for social media. Andrew Tate, we sort of spoke about him earlier. Did any He's actually been banned from this podcast? Yeah, there we are. Now, um, did any see the video Daz Black put out about him? I don't like, think so. Oh, you need to go and watch it, brilliant. So you know Daz Black, the YouTuber. He basically uh, just I'm not, I'm he, not no right. So he he's he's quite a big YouTuber. He's done, he's done stuff with The Rock, Kevin Hart, and all that. He's hilarious. But it's so obviously Andrew Tate has been all over social media because he's controversial views. He's just an, an all-round arsehole. But my TikTok page has literally been filled with wee snippets, Andrew Tate, and then everybody going, watch your back, Daz is coming for you. Because Daz, Daz is a person who is not afraid to put out his like his views or that. He's, he's not afraid of the controversy or the backlash he's going to get, but he tore through Andrew Tate. Like, it was oh, no. unreal. Like, oh, it was great. But it's like Conzo, which what is your if you don't mind giving them your wee opinion on uh, Andrew Tate over social media? His because like you're you're quite big for like 
social justice and fighting against misogyny and things like that whereas he's obviously not uh, yeah no I've, I've actually i made a video that referenced um you know what he is teaching people versus what we should be learning uh, I, I saw an amazing tweet not too long ago that said, you know, men are being, you know, this isn't the 1950s anymore. Men aren't needed to exist in society. We're not needed for a house. We're not needed for a bank account. We're not needed for permission for things. So we can't have those element of control and dominations, things like Andrew Tate's teaching. We need to learn to be likable. And this is where men are, they're failing on many counts is to be likable as a partner and as like, as a person, because control and likable doesn't usually go hand in hand. Um, I think Andrew Tate doesn't believe what he's saying. I think he knows that making those controversial videos will push out views, which will get people to sign up for his pyramid scheme. Um, it's all a money fake making sub. I mean, he has shown in the past that he is willing to use and abuse people for his own professional gain um, through the exploitation. Uh, I, I believe he did exploit people because he wasn't giving the fair dues for their work when he was uh, he was uh, running the whole cam show thing. So he was exploiting sex workers. And it it follows through to now he's exploiting the fan base and he's also trying to reach out to young Muslim men who, you know, are also ostracized and sing, singled out to teach him like, oh, you must be this alpha thing. I, I think it's a facade. I think he's weak. He's very insecure and he is preying on children who do not know better and also men who do not know better. Mm. And it's, I think this is one of the times because it will incite violence and it does incite violence towards women and feminine presented people that it was the right move to like be like this is not a message we want in the in the atmosphere of debate this isn't this isn't good mm. i've just been i'm just glad he's been took off he's been took off all social media twitter instagram tiktok and like everything although i don't i don't know how it works with like obviously the the banner account they can just make a new one but I, I yeah, I mean, like, and I, plus his videos will be pushed out by his fanboys as well who are trying to get people to sign up for the the tate university which is a fucking discord server um so they make their five percent off of that um mm. like i said a pyramid scheme um but uh his his way to apologize does show that he is trying to manipulate people he says i am donating money to a female charity that's that's still how he sees things you know he's like i'll donate money to a female charity that does with like domestic violence see i'm not a domestic abuser but no you can't you can't take back the harm you've done like i said schools are now prepping to teach against his messages because they've seen an uprise in misogyny like it's yeah. it's a clear cut this is you this is what's happening but there's always going to be an andrew tate there was andrew tates before this and now that they've seen it so profitable there will be a lot of andrew tates mm. so we need to as you know men who've seen that there is a better way out there to push for the message like no this isn't a time to control this is a time to understand and communicate this isn't a time to think that it's your way or the highway it's your this is our time to work in partnership with these amazing people they're amazing because they're your partner why would you partner with them if you didn't think they're amazing like if you want mm -hmm. someone to control get a dog not a cat a cat cannot be controlled <laughs> as we've seen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he does what he wants yeah what's your cat's name uh, it's Hoden, which is German for testicles, which I think is hilarious. It <laughs> uh, looks like a wee ball sack. Yeah, no, it kind of it kind of reminds me of Beerus from Dragon Ball. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's actually what the character is based off. So yeah, yeah, no, I love it, I love it. <laughs> 
Aye, um, no, definitely. And people like Andrew Tate are—they're always going to be in the world. But I think it's that thing about social responsibility again to then be a better role model, teach people a better way. It's we, we've got there is such controversies in this world that you do have to fight. And I think Andrew Tate and his sort of followers, that's the sort of social injustices that you need to fight against. Well, unfortunately, I've I've had this first-hand experience of, you know, I literally said on a TikTok video, like, hey, we can't control our partners anymore. We must be better partners to be, we must be likable. You know, this is a way to be likable. And someone's like, oh, guess we won't pay for meals anymore. Like, why was your first instinct to, one, be combative towards this message, and two to go towards the only thing you've ever been taught that you contribute to relationship, which is financially. This is, this is why we are very lucky not to be in a place where men make all the financial decisions and make all the, the money because it was a way to financially control someone. You can't leave your abusive husband if they have all the money. You cannot leave uh, a situation if you do not know how to get out there. So this is why we're very lucky not to be in that situation anymore, mm. but it's still our first way to go. People mm. always think, you know, or men are, are still taught that your only contribution is financial. So anything that tells them to do anything more is suddenly something they must combat. Mm. I, I, I believe like um, that everything should be split. Like for me, if you're going out for food, what one day, one day you pay, next day you pay. You know what I mean? If, if you're doing house chores, you split them down the middle. You know what I mean? You do kitchen, I do bathroom, I'll do bedroom, you do living room. You know what I mean? And, and, and make it 50-50, make it fair, and, and that's the way it should be. You know what I yeah, mean? You're not helping someone take care of your house. You are no. taking care of your house in partnership with somebody. Yeah. It's no, it's not one person's job. And, yeah. you know, that's what these, these people like Andrew Tate are saying, like, oh, this is our gender roles. Like, we're not all working 40-hour week plus to pay rent. Have you seen rent? It's fucking expensive. Yeah, everything's fu- <laughs> everything is fucking expensive. Yeah, if you think your only job is providing, then you're wrong because everyone is providing here. But now that person is also, your partner is also providing plus mm. taking care of so much more of this unpaid labor. And you're just a shitty partner. You are a child in that relationship. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think with, well, with the, ne- the next subject I've actually got to talk about, as of, obviously we all live in the UK, um, as the cost of living crisis that we are currently going through and all that and I think that sort of leads into this with like you say partnerships and, and we've touched on like single parent relationships uh, like families and all that and how like the cost of living just became abysmal now like I think with the with my lucky meter I put in about £100 just this month alone and it's for fam. If you've got families like that that don't have that sort of partnership or like Andrew Tate's teaching, like, oh, well, I put the money towards it, you've got to do everything else and things like that. I think it's it's got to be very difficult because it's it puts so much stress on that family, like on that living environment. I think what we're going to see is a lot of, of really bad relationships in the future because financial stress is the biggest leader to divorces and, you know, breakups and whatnot. Financial stress is the worst kind of stress. It causes the most buildup of cortisol. It is a shitty situation to be in. Yeah. Uh, I do not think there is a way to get ourselves out of this crisis when 
your outgoing outweighs your ingoing, especially when there hasn't been a rise in you know, a paid rise in so long. And you have all these these people striking because people are scared. They're scared that inflation is now making it to you are actively taking a pay decrease in a time when you're unsure of how much they're going to allow the electricity company to take away from you or yeah. um, you're just unsure of if your government cares about you. And I think this is something that's pushing that should, in sense, push Scotland towards an idea of independence because Scotland has never voted, at least in the last 20, 30 years, for a Tory government. Labour is as close as they've gone to a Tory government. Mm. And we've seen how disregarded Scotland is in in Westminster in in the Parliament, they are laughed at. They are looked down at like a a facade. It's it's the same as Puerto Rico to the United States. Technically, Puerto Rico is part of the United States, yet they have no ability to govern over themselves. And because of that, they aren't able to do the things that their people need. They they just can't. And I think that's what yeah. Scotland's in right now. No, definitely. Believe me, definitely. Like I, me, I'll I'm saying I was a yes for. I I wanted independence for Scotland, but it just, to. It, yeah, I was lied to. It was consensus was done for the referendum, and it was the majority was old age pensioners who were told that we would be. They only voted yes because the, we were told we were staying in the EU. The E then EU vote came around. EU vote was majority England, like. You, Scotland, Wales, Ireland were all majority stay in the EU, but it didn't matter because England then voted out of the EU, <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's we we didn't get either. We didn't. Scotland never had a say in either. So it's mm -hmm. but then consensus has been done again, and the majority vote would then be yes because we were lied to by by Westminster by like the by the government. So I, I we're supposed to have another indirect. In, 2020. in October 2023, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think if Westminster comes back and says this is actually lawful, you do not get a choice to stay in this. It's no longer a union. At that point, it is a, a prison. And hmm. Scotland does not have a choice to stay in. Um, so I think the idea of the United Kingdoms will become now a a rule a, a ruled by England kind of thing because hmm. the rest of uh, the rest of the countries will see like oh so we don't have a choice in this as well. Um, I, I do believe that Scotland's values do not equate to England's values. I believe that Scotland has more of an emphasis on community and more of an emphasis on taking care of its people, while England is more driven by the profits that it can make through the NHS, the privatization of the NHS. I do not believe that the majority of Scotland would ever accept that, mm. yet that is something that we're seeing even today in England. Yeah. Now, as I remember what the... So, uh, used to... As I said, lived in Spain, but one of the guys I worked for, and um, one of the people high up in the company, he made a comment, and it was about Scotland, uh, England owning Scotland, and uh, if he wasn't on my boss, I would have hit him. I'm saying like, fucking excuse you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I noticed when I when I've been seeing a lot of the the coat of arms, where it's the was the lion and the unicorn, the unicorn is chained, and I think that even that symbolism of that is. Look, the the unicorn has chains around its legs. Um, oh, that's my pull what? up. Um, and even just the symbolizing of that just made me realize, like, this is this is Scotland throughout its amazing resources of you know the wind, the sun, the oil, um, the just the the people of Scotland, which are robust, amazing people that I've grown to love. 
they are chained to England in whatever way England sways. Do you see the chains? Yes, I do. I have shows. Oh, I know, fucking liar. Right. <laughs> so, and I'm sure there's a historical reason for this. I mean, Scotland was conquered, um, but as you look at it now, that is still the ideals and I believe the morals that a lot of English people have towards Scotland. It is property. It is something they conquered. Right. I don't know if you can you see it. I I think it's about. Hold on. No, no, you have, to, you have to pop it up on the. The You'll be able to see it there. Oh, you can see the chain round it. That yeah. is... F yeah. I never noticed that, but thank you for pointing that out. Um, yeah, of course. I never noticed that before. Yeah, so... Oh, I'm kind of furious now. <laughs> yeah, ah, you oh. shouldn't be fuming. Oh, I'm all I'm fucking fuming, mate. <laughs> um, oh. fucking freaking you. <laughs> um, right, well... Jesus. Sorry, that's kind of throwing me for a loop there. <laughs> um, I honestly this is can't. the kind of knowledge Conzo brings to the table. Yeah, oh yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Walks in, mic drop. See yeah, def definitely. <laughs>
Oh, okay. Janet Devlin. Oh, I love her content. Yeah. She's fucking. Wow. She's brilliant. <laughs> We're gonna move on to a bit of a music question. Okay. I'm gonna go through some lyrics. Well, through a lyric, um, and then we'll go from there. Right, okay, the lyrics go. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, baby. It goes electric wavy when I turn it on. I don't know the name, but I know the song. Good song. I got this feeling inside my bones. Is it right. called I got it this feeling? Electric wavy what's what's the question? What's the question? Is it? Oh, what's the song called? Or is yeah. it who sings it? Uh, both. Both. I want both. Two points. Three? Holy shit. Right, so it's it's that's it's Justin Timberlake. One point. Um, Electric feeling. Nope. <laughs> nope. Just dance. Nope. Oh, Fuck. Good. Um, um, I got this electric boogaloo inside my bones. It no. goes electric <laughs> wavy when I turn it on. I know. City, um, I'll throw my home. It's gotta be me. I don't know, man. Skip. Alice, Skip, I'm not going to get the answer. <laughs> okay. Can't stop the feeling. Can't stop the feeling. I think Electric I, Boogaloo would have been a better name. Yeah, yeah no, because it's it's from uh, Trolls. It's from the first one. Okay. Next, next one, we'll stick with a bit of the music one. All right, go for oh, it. <laughs> okay. So I want to know the name of the artist and the song. Right. Okay. I don't care what they say. I'm in love with you. They try to pull me away. Hey, Alicia Keys. The truth. Nope. Fuck. Jordan Sparks. No, no. It's 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 it's. Leona Lewis. Is it Leona Lewis? Leona Lewis is correct. That's one point. Nice. And it's what's the song called? I'm bad at names. So yeah, this is all you, man. If you got it, my heart's breaking, but right is sleeping it... with the girl next door. <laughs> it's a bit shaggy. But they don't know that it's breaking. Come on, shagger. You um, got this. Burning love. Nope. Oh, fuck. Right. What's what's the answer? <laughs> Some... Leading love. Bleeding love. Bleeding love. Uh, oh, oh, that was in. Uh, what's it called? No strings attached. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. Okay, so no more music. I hate music. Going to go into a bit of a movie TV round. Oh, All right. TV too. <laughs> okay, so. Uh -huh. Okay, so. Question number thirteen. You both should get this, all right? All right. Who was I in the I Am Legend? Oh, Jazz, uh, Smith. Will Smith. Correct. Ha! Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh. I almost said Jaden Smith. <laughs> you ready? What yeah. is the name of the villain in the first Superman movie in the 1980 played by Lex Luthor. Correct. I, I should have got that. Oh. Oh. 
Okay. Who played James Bond in your eyes only? James Bond. Pierce Brosnan? Nope. Who played James Bond in For Your Eyes Only? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he sexually assaulted someone in that movie. Is it Connery? Is it Sean Connery? Nope. I have no idea. Uh, I don't even remember my name half the time. Right, it's not Daniel Craig. Fuck, I'm trying to remember the name of the rest of James Bond's. No, I'm not going to get it, mate. Roger Moore. Ah, so Roger Moore. Uh, yeah. Uh. Okay. Right, we'll do another one. We'll do another one on the old movie. movie go movie. for it, go for it. What is the name of the possessed girl played by Linda Blair in The Exorcist? Annie. Nope. Emily Rose? No. Susan. <laughs> no. Anna Grace. Begins, begins with an R. Roger. Rachel? No. Uh, Rochelle? No. Second letter is an E. Rebecca? Nope. What? Re. Re. Mm-hmm. Re. Re. Rianne. No. Regan? <laughs> Correct. Thank <Nice>. fuck. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Gone through a full oh, baby book there. One. <laughs> last one for the music. Movie, TV round. Okay. Which Bruce starred in Die Hard? Bruce Willis? Correct. You're missing oh, all the bald guys, man. Lex uh, Luthor, Bruce Willis. <laughs> no, the thing is. Let's your kinship. Man, Die Hard's one of my favourite movies. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm furious right now. I dressed up as uh, I dressed up as uh, John McLean uh, from Die Hard at a Christmas party, <laughs> just because there's there's the argument if Die Hard's a Christmas I film. I don't care if I lose then, because I took away I took away your Die Hard. Oh no, no man. Oh. <laughs> For all these things, you're going to win. Hey. Demo knowledge. Demo knowledge. Insulin is commonly used to treat which condition? Diabetes. Correct. Oh, I, have a, I have a degree in biology. That one was going to be me anyway. Do you want me? You want me to tell you about the B cells? It's um, in your pancreas, bitch. <laughs> and Conzo takes the one. Yeah. Conzo, do you have a do you have a wee victory speech for us? No, but I got to dance. Hold on. Go <laughs> on, get that. I got my little shorts on. <laughs> Love it. Oh, uh, well. Uh, all, all of my all of my bold all of my boldy points were just took away from there. Um, I I'm think, the bald man now. <laughs> I am heartbroken because I have not won a quiz yet. But you know what? Loss. I'm yeah, I know. I'm I'm happy to lose to Conzo because he's he's such he's a wholesome bean, and he's been an absolute great guest to have on. Um, but I I will take I will take this lose this loss and try and build from it, um, learn from it, learning experiences. You <laughs> say that you suck. I fucking suck. <laughs> um, but yeah, Conzo, thank you very much for being on. It's been an honour to have you on, honestly. Um, 
But I, I can't wait um... to get my new camera tomorrow because my camera is shocking. <laughs> I can't wait to see what you look like, tell you the truth. I am guessing. <laughs> oh. yeah, you need to paint a picture. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, at that, uh, thank you to everyone who has joined in, listened, and um, basically just listened to us. Well, usually we talk a lot of shit, but to be honest with you, Konzo's brought across some very great points today. So thank you to everyone that has watched, and hopefully you can everyone out there can take some stuff away for this. I know I will be. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely. Lewis, anything you want to end on? I just want to say thanks so much, Godzilla, for coming on and entertaining us. Um, I've actually had a great couple of hours filming this, and yeah, let's let's go. Yeah, good luck editing. Oh, it's gonna be. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we we we've gone through a lot of ups, a lot of downs. We we kind of opened up a lot, um, and we kind of put our opinions across about what's going on in the world and, and how men and women should both be treated so yeah honestly thanks so much Kondo for coming on and yeah thanks so much for tuning in guys yeah definitely um, so we uh, thank thank you everybody for watching again um, if there is anyone you would like to see us have on we will try our best if there's any questions you want to put to us let uh, just let us know. All of our socials are down below. Conzo, uh, if you are okay with it, we'll attach your socials as well so people can find you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, thank you very much for tuning in and we will hope to see you the next time. Bye. Peace out. Thank you much, guys. Peace.